This is Gaming and DS. Here, can you hear now? I don't think anybody liked what you're doing there. I'm so putting it in just because you said don't put it in. You know that, right? Heavy on the BS. Heavy on the BS. You totally wrecked our legal fund, dude. We are out. You know, if we, anything comes up next year, we get sued again. It's just we don't have it. We're going to have to dig deep. So this is Gaming and BS, episode 11, where we talk game stores. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. So Brett... Joining us from the great woods of northern Wisconsin yet again. No, upper Upper Michigan. Actually, oh. I was up in Wayne. I was far north of Wayne Humphrey, the uh, our ever uh, friendly gamer troll from below the bridge. I was uh, north of there. The UP. The UP. Eh? Everything's in the question, eh? Got there and saw some bucks, eh? Got lots of snow. Snow up to my crotch, you know, eh? It's pretty dead. It's pretty bad up there. They have a lot of snow. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. It was knee-deep on... I'm 6'3", and uh, it was knee-deep on me. Um, my son is a lot smaller than me. My father has uh, one artificial knee, and the other one's bad, and a bad back. So it was kind of rough on those two. I was uh, fairly worn out, pulled a few leg muscles myself, but it was uh, it was intense. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of animal movement because of it, but uh, it was pretty cool. Coming back here I'm, uh, to the Madison area, there's like, shit, there's no snow. It's just all rain and everything else, but up there... In some of the deeper spots, it was crotch deep on me. It was pretty pretty heavy. It was like 50 degrees yesterday. <laughs> yeah, here it was. Here yeah, it was. Yeah. Up there, not so much up there. But then again, they're supposed to, I believe the UP where I was, is supposed to get rain today. I don't know if they got it or not. I hadn't checked in with my folks. They're still up there. Sweet. All oh, right. Cool. Yeah. So, I don't know. Should we make the announcement or do you want to wait I think we probably can. We can just we can do the announcement piece now, and then uh, we get better details. We can throw it out there. What do you think? Sure. Okay. So it is on Brett and Mai's honor to um, have our first sponsor of, of the show, which is Great Out Productions, um, and Michael Althauser is the proprietor of Great Out Productions. And his shop, you can find Great Out Productions at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash grade out. And that's grade with an E. So G-R-E-Y-E-D-O-U-T. And Michael has worked, I know, with Brett and some of his uh, Dark Theater folks, as well as I think Brett's ordered some personal dice bags for his group. So Michael does custom-made dice bags. And those custom-made dice bags are unique in that one, you can get them custom-made with a pattern of your choice. And I think he has some uh, specific ones that he uses. Yeah, he's got, stock, he's got stock images that he does on a regular basis. I've got one with the fabric that's an old-school dungeon style. He's had one that was uh, the old blue and white style dungeon bags before he's done. Um, what I did for my gaming group was I went through and took our little coat of arms, if you will, and I pitched that to him and said, hey, can you do a screen print with this, and he came up with a really good variant of that. He's actually making some dye bags for um, for uh, Evercon, the little convention up in my hometown that I'll be running an old-school-style uh, tournament at, and the winning team will end up with uh, each each of the kids will get a, 
custom die bag from it. It'll be pretty damn cool. It is great stuff. So if you are interested, I mean, how many how many dice do you have as a gamer? We all have tons of them, and you got to put them somewhere. So if you've got a dice bag, get rid of the Crown Royal bags and go out and grab one from Michael's uh, Great Out Productions. Again, a link to his um, website in the show notes, and so check him out when you get a chance. Random Encounter. Let's go to Random Encounter. This is where we talk about miscellaneous rants. Actually, I think it was supposed to, I don't know if I ever updated the template, but I think it's supposed to be like messages from the audience via email and everything. But nonetheless. Well, this is one that's a little more near and dear to Sean in my heart. Now, uh, Sean, as you know, Sean and Brett were motorcycle guys, right? I've got a Harley. He's got a Beamer. And uh, Sean's, <clears throat> he lives in a townhouse, right? So he doesn't have a good storage spot for the bike. He's getting ready. What, this last weekend? You're going to take it and you're going to stash it at your uncle's place or your buddy's place, whatever. And he says, the wife looks outside and says, hey, honey, looks like someone tipped over your motorcycle. And son of a bitch, some jackass asshole knocked over his bike. It's on a center stand. If you know anything about motorcycles and center stands, it takes either you have to hit them with a car or physically, purposely knock it over. It's not like it just slips on you or you bump into it. These are rock-solid things. I've had the same bike that Sean has. It's a rock-solid center stand. Somebody knocked the fucker over. So what was the total damage? It snapped off a... What, a side mirror busted up your windscreen? What happened? Yeah, so I have a, an RT 1100. It's a 99, so while it may be a BMW, it's not the latest and greatest $20,000 motorcycle. It was pretty affordable, used. And the whole – so if you've ever seen this, you can Google it, but the fairing is all kind of together and uh, at the front. So a lot of plastic, and then the – blinker and the mirror are part is our one piece and so when it knocked over onto the right hand side which would be the i guess on a motorcycle the passenger side if you were in an automobile um, oh, so your throttle your throttle side yeah throttle right. side right throttle and brakes throttle side just basically just chopped off my sheared off my mirror and turn signal and then because of the impact shattered my had a huge you know 12 inch crack in my windshield um so the nice thing about it or I shouldn't say the nice thing the fortunate thing is that the person I bought it for had an aftermarket windshield on it they bought another one that was wider than the stock one okay. and he gave me that one so I had it sitting in my basement so I have a backup windshield but now I got to get the and and it's automatic; it goes up and down, and that works fine. But yeah, the uh, the blinker and the mirror are in pieces in, underneath my in my courtyard here. But I drove it out to my buddy's house. It was probably twenty degrees. And I took the windshield off because it was just cracked, so it just flap. So I took it off. No windshield. About a thirty minute drive. That's pretty freaking cold, dude. So the big thing, like Brett mentioned, was it was the night. So I live in a neighborhood where it doesn't get the best reputation in the city of Madison. Um, and the city of Madison doesn't have bad neighborhoods. So folks that are from like Chicago, New York, L.A., I totally get when you, we don't know what bad neighborhoods are. But we have pockets of bad areas like more apartment complexes than anything and we, I live in between two of them, so we get riffraff that kind of travels through our area every once in a while. And um, I found out, I think, 
few days later that it must have been somebody that came through some kids because they they egged a pickup truck that is for our our uh, condo association's pickup truck. Nice. So it's kind of like that scene uh, that scene from uh, Pulp Fiction where um, John Travolta is sitting there and he's talking about how he got his his stock car back out of uh, storage after he was in Amsterdam. And he looks at uh, God, I can't remember the other actor, uh, Eric Stoltz, and says, "You know what happened? Some fucker keyed it." I'm like, oh man, what kind of ballless bastard does that? You always just take him out and shoot him. No judge, no jury, just flat execution. Nothing more pussy than screwing with some guy's ride. <laughs> it's just, that's all I could think of when you told me the story. It, just, well, it sucks. And I've had it out. I bought it in, I think, May. And I've had it in this parking lot the whole entire freaking season. And literally all the way through November. I mean, that's May, June, July, August, September, October, November. I mean, almost seven months worth, and it was never touched, you know, and I didn't have a cover on it the whole time, you know, all the whole time I was out there. And just the literally the night before, I'm going to take it to get it stored, and there it is sitting outside. I mean, it was like my wife felt really bad, and it was almost like me nursing this, like, wounded animal because I'm out there picking up this 600-pound motorcycle in the middle of the night with my slippers on and my Zuba, you know, pants on. Well, thankfully, Sean is uh, built like Schwarzenegger back in his glory days. So Sean's got some serious guns. He just probably just fucking picked that thing up, threw it over his shoulder, and jogged it back. I think I got a hyena out of it. <laughs> well, anyway, um, that sucks, dude. I really feel for you. Yeah. I've, had, I've had a bike fall over before because I parked it stupid or something, but I've never had anybody actually do that. And I hope to the various guides that that does not never happen to me. Yeah. Sucks. Totally. All right. Now that I've made you feel bad, I think this means I've actually got you primed for the actual topic for today. Now you're already kind of in a pissy mood. So folks, I just want just a warning to listeners. We're going to be talking about game stores and I just want to let you guys know if Sean totally loses his shit and I just completely kill the entire recording, it's because Sean has gone off the deep end and uh, has just lost his brain completely. It's possible. We've had this conversation a few times and uh, at Game Holcon, a couple of the Dead Gamer Society guys leaned over to me and said, hey, watch this. <laughs> and they would drop a, drop a little grenade over at Sean to get him talking about this. So this is a, this is a fun topic. So let's see what we can do. All right. So Brett and I were talking about what is the next next topic, and we came up with game stores. And now, in all you know, just full disclosure, I've never owned a game store. Brett, can you say the same? I can say the same. I can say that I've worked in bookstores uh, all through college. Uh, a close personal friend of mine owned a game store. I actually helped bail him out of said game store when he needed out. Um, and uh, that. That person, Chris, had shared a lot of stuff with me about the business and various different components of it. But, again, that's one man's story. Uh, that's not every person. So, no, I have not personally owned one. So, now, consider that when you're listening to us talk about this particular topic. Also, um, however, I have run a small business and ran it into the ground and had the mistake of going in with a business partner who uh, it didn't work out. Let's just say that. But... So I'm going to talk about this from kind of a, you know, we could get an owner on a game store that chimed in, could chime in and say, you know what, you guys don't know the battles we face as the owner of a game store. And I totally get it. It's uh, one of, first of all, it's retail, which is tough. Second of all, it's gaming, tabletop gaming retail, which is not, I mean, just adds 
more frosting to a very hard. Uh, it's a niche within a niche. Yeah. You know? That's not just bookstore. It's a very specific type of bookstore. It's like running an occult bookstore with a slightly broader <laughs> audience. I mean, it's it's tough. But, but this, all that said, though, we're still right. I just want to make sure that everybody knows that right. we're still we're still really right. So right, what we're saying, regardless of whether our, our experience backs it up, what we're about to tell you, God damn it, we're right. It's, it's diamonds, man. We're spitting diamonds once again. So all right, let's go. Are you so yeah? This gets my blood boiling at times, and the and I'll tell you why. Okay, I think this. I have to clarify this before. I go off on the deep end and people really wonder why I might get upset on this whole topic. It's because I love the hobby and I love game stores and I want them to survive and I want them to do well. And when they don't do certain things and it's a detriment to their business, it pisses me off. So my concern about this whole entire topic is out of the love and desire for a game store to thrive, sur- not only survive, but thrive. Fair enough. I right. mean, I, I think I think I'm with you. This is where when you and I have gone into game shops or we've talked about them, talked about the ones we've been to, ones we've liked or didn't like or what they had or whatever, and it all comes down to, damn, I really wish this one was better because it would be a really good haven, uh, focal point for that hobby community in this area would be a great thing, but they're just running into the freaking ground. It's just terrible the way they're doing this, that, or the other thing, or how they treat people. So I think it it, it is, I mean, honestly, we are trying to come from a good place in this. We're still right, but at the end of the day, I mean, the reason is, is I want good game stores. I don't just want a local game store. I want a good one, and it doesn't mean, and we'll get into this, and good doesn't necessarily mean just the stuff that Brett wants to buy or just the shit that Sean wants to buy. A good store has a lot more to it than simply gear. So you ready, Sean? I am ready. So let's talk about it. Benefits. Our first piece of benefits to local game stores. Sean, when you go to a game store or you think about it, what are the benefits that you're like, you know what, if this local game store is here, I'm really expecting these bennies to come out of it. I want to be able to do what? What do you think should be popping out of this thing? So the benefit I would say is uh, promoting the hobby. I think is a, a no brainer. So they're going to have stuff that I may or may not be able to find in any big box store. You know, it's a niche. It's a niche store with niche product. So you know, very rarely am I going to be able to find tabletop RPGs that I may see online. And get them, I could go there, right? So first of all, it's local, so I can go there. Yep. If you're on lunch, you and I have done this before. We're on lunch. You know, I want to look for Dungeon Crawl Classics. When I was looking for that after you talked me into it, sold me yet another game I'm never going to play. Dude, I will (laughs) run it for you. I know you you will. Game Hole, you and Lenny and all those guys, come down. I will run run either a funnel or just a a one-shot, like, six-hour DCC game in the middle of the night. Awesome. Cool. But anyway, no, when we you know, said, hey, we've got time on lunch today. We don't have any meetings till 2 o'clock. Let's take a long lunch, cruise down there, and see what they've got. And it's local. It's like 20 minutes from the from the office. It's actually in a pretty good spot. A little strip mall there. So we just zipped over there. Easy, right there. Hang yeah. out with other gamers. Yeah, so being local, if I wanted to buy something now. Okay, so, what's, so the big things that we're probably touching on is big either one big box stores or two, the mighty Amazon or online ordering. 
And if it's local game store, I can go in there and say, I want something, drive over there and actually buy it and have it. I don't have to wait for shipping. You know, at a big box store, they're probably not going to have it. So I could go there. So that's one of the big benefits. Absolutely. I mean, when you go there and you say, well, they don't have, I want Dungeon Crawl Classics or I want, I'm lost a set of dice or I've got this tonight or I'm looking for a mini or you know, anything you can, you should be able to go there and find something to help support, um, the, the game you're going to play. Right. Right. I want poker chips. I want a new board game. When's the latest issue of whatever magazine coming out? Um, what's going on? I want to ask somebody something who's in the industry, so to speak. Right. I mean, they're working there. They should have hopefully a line of sight into things. Do you have any idea when this is coming out? What's the latest update on this particular thing? What have you heard from other people in the area? Who the hell plays this game? You're expecting somebody there to be able to uh, help you meet people and um, those impulse buys and that stuff that satisfies your immediate, <laughs> that immediate wonderful American consumer need where, hey, it's right here. I want it right now. I'm going to dump my money. I don't have any time to, I don't want to wait. I want to be able to pick it up right now. So that's cool. So I think other ones include meeting other gamers. So I mm-hmm. think that you can go there and that goes into like events. So if you're, if they're hosting local events, um, whatever it is, whether it's magic or RPGs or board games, miniatures, um, tournaments style, you can go there. Um, they ho- they have the space for it, and you meet other gamers that you may not typically meet. You can even post your game on like a bulletin board. I don't think I've ever been into a game store where they haven't had a bulletin board where you can post either a convention that you're supporting or just like, Hey, I'm a GM or I'm a player looking for a GM or a group. You put your info on there. And, um, so I think those, that's another benefit. Cool. The other thing I think that comes in for me a lot is when you go to that game store is you want to be able to ask somebody, have you played this? Hmm. Do you know anybody who has, because it's one, I can read as many different reviews online, talk to different people, but a lot of times just hearing it firsthand from somebody, you know, and that's one of the beautiful things of like a Google Plus or something. I can ask a guy like, you know, Mo Tusano, hey, Mo, have you played this board game? Chances are Mo has because God knows what game he hasn't played. And he'll say, yeah, it was fun. What kind of stuff do you like? So on and so forth. And if you go to a good game store, and I'm going to call it The Source up in the Twin Cities, uh, The Source is just freaking awesome. You go in there and you say, hey, I'm looking for some miniatures for a game I'm running. I need Cobalt Spearman. Do you have anything? And the guy there knows every freaking mini he has and will find you something that either is what you want, is really close to it, will tell you how he can get it. Um, but I'm expecting that level of knowledge where that person understands what they have in their own bloody inventory. And if I don't, if they don't have X, they should have like X minus one or something from a sales perspective that they should be able to push and say, you know what? I know you, you said you like this thing guess what? I got this, which is really damn close. And hey, you're a gamer, Sean. There's no way you can't take Octum Cthulhu and turn it into this thing you want. We just don't happen to have the World War II-y thing you're looking for, but I've got this, which is really, really similar. And uh, the price point's about the same. And all you have to do is just modify these rules. You know, that type of conversation is something I fully expect to happen from my game, from my local game store. You know, if they're not doing that, then that's a big benefit I'm losing. If I don't get that conversation with the sales clerk, right? Right. Yeah. So I think that's one. Um, and my experience with that be, with that would be, I typically play role-playing games. I try to play board games, but I don't get an opportunity to play a ton of them 
but you know, my wife's interested and maybe we'll maybe try to get something. So I walk into a game store and say, Hey, I'm looking for a board game, two players. What do you have? What are the options? I'm, you know, my wife's not a big role-playing game board gamer, like strategy type, like the Euro style would be kind of a stretch for her, but it's something challenging. So I can explain the type of game and the audience and then two players what would fit and then get recommendations, which I think is huge and a big value add that you're not going to be able to find. Uh, you might be able to go through like board game geek and find some of those, but it's still hard to find the interpretation and say, well, this is why you might want to play this. It's two player and it, it it's, this is how it's run. You know, it's a resource management game or it's a race to the end game or whatever it is. So how much thought do you have to put in it? How much you don't, so getting that feedback from the people that work there is huge. So I think what we're doing is we're leading into like the next piece is what makes it a good game store versus a bad game store. So I think we can probably start hitting on those because if nothing else, here's where here's where it's going to get fun, right? <laughs> is and we were talking about the staff. The one thing, and it's the reason. I mean, if you've ever seen The Simpsons, and if you haven't, I'm really sorry for you. But there's comic book guy. And comic book guy is there because he's a freaking stereotype of every comic book and game store across the country. Somebody somewhere is that asshole. And when you are running a store as a customer-facing store and you are a comic book guy, I don't care if your store goes under anymore. You're a prick. You're, you're rude. You're dismissive. I've been in the store with that person. When you go in there and saying, hey, do you happen to have, when I was back in my white wolf days, do you have this version of I don't even know why you want to look at that. That's just so stupid. It's nothing but a blah, 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 rip off. And I'm like, really? Really? You're down in me right now? You're hammering on me. I got a pocket full of 20s, and I want to buy this book that's 60 bucks or this stack of stuff, and you're telling me I'm stupid and the portion of the hobby I like is dumb. Are you fucking kidding me? But these people exist, and <laughs> it's what it's that. that's the thing. When I run into that, I'm done. I do not go back to that store. Or if I go in and I see that dude or that woman, I will turn around and I will leave that store because I'm not dealing with that. So I, <laughs> so I had an experience and I was really trying to help out a game store and I stopped in and one of their staff was working and the owner was not. And my experience was not good. They, they really didn't acknowledge me. They're busy behind the computer doing something. And I actually brought it up to the owner of the game store, who I know, and said, hey, I'm going to give you this feedback so that you can maybe take it for what it's worth and do something with it. And he, he was a little, um, he's his face was disappointment because he had, and what he conveyed to me was that he was disappointed because he had actually talked to this employee about this attitude he had in the past, and he didn't know really what to do. So here's the message if you're listening, which you probably aren't, and that's okay. Or if you're another game store owner and you have had feedback about one of your staff and you've talked to them about it and you're still not sure what to do with it uh, about them, here's a freaking little bit of feedback. Fire them. Yeah, just because get, he's your buddy. He's, get he's, rid he's, of these assholes. Exactly. When you, I've gone to stores and there was, there's another one in, in – uh, in Madison area, and there was actually um, one up in my hometown I've been to, and um, the one kid behind the counter was just a dick. I mean, he was rude, dismissive, didn't want to talk to me, wouldn't talk prices. I asked him what certain things cost because nothing was freaking labeled. 
and he was all like, oh, fine, I'll look it up, you know, this bad attitude. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? How does this guy have a job? Who does he know, you know, whose leg is he humping? How does he possibly keep his job? He's terrible. If I did that on my gig, I'd be fired. Just because you know the guy, he board games with you on Saturday, doesn't mean you have to give him a job. Yeah. It's a business. It's I don't a care. Business. I don't care if they're your son or daughter. I really freaking don't. As a consumer, as a matter no. of fact, if they're there's if they're your son or daughter, it, so there's a few issues to deal with there. But however, so if you get the dickhead who cannot do just good customer service, then put him in the back and have him do shipping and receiving or. Give them a box and tell them to put labels on it and their purpose is not to interact with customers. Whatever it is, don't have them be the face of your store. And I'll tell you why. Because if you have a family member or a relative or a good friend that you game with and they're that stupid ass that I have to interact with as a customer and I don't come to your store because I get treated like crap, it doesn't matter what you're doing to save or preserve that relationship. It will be... It will be the downfall of you. It's inevitable and it will suck and you probably will never know. And so the fact that I'm even telling you, take it for what it's worth. And the fact that you've heard the feedback before really, I mean, come on, man. How many people have to tell you that the the staff that you have working for you is, is a bunch of dickheads? And it's not all the time, obviously, and it's not every staff member. It's you know usually that one bad egg. And why you have them working for you, I have no fucking clue. I really don't, and I don't typically like to drop the, drop the f bombs. But man, if they're not cut out to help people and offer advice, and if you don't train them, like if you can't like maybe cut off those hard edged corners. And just smooth them a little bit and just say, hey, we're going to have – I'm going to talk to you a little bit. So when you don't like D&D or Pathfinder or Fate or whatever game it is that you've, you're hung up on or miniatures or magic or you love magic and RPGs suck or whatever it is, you train your staff to kind of be that impartial, unbiased person and just listen to what the customer wants because the customer is going to buy whatever it is and you can help them give you money for a product, whether you like it or not, it's not what it's, it's not about you. The thing is, is that I, I believe this and that a lot of people get into these businesses that are related to their hobby and thinking this would be great. I get to play games all the time. I get to hang out with gamers, read comic books. I'll get to do this thing. And then not understanding this is a business and a business requires work. That is all levels of work. If you own the business, it is your ass and you are absolutely responsible for it. Man, woman, child, you're in charge of that business. It is yours. You've got to run it and you've got to pay attention to this stuff. If you're not doing it, I have no, I will not support you. If I come into your store, if you have a crappy selection, I can deal with that. You can usually order stuff for me. If you are polite and the friendly and knowledgeable staff, friendly is key. If you're decent to me, I will keep coming back. I will wait an extra week to order shit from you if you're friendly than going to Amazon. I will do this. Yeah. And I know a lot of my friends will as well. If your staff or you are an ass and you're not cut out for retail, this is customer service, face-to-face interactions. If you are terrible at this, do not open a damn game store. If your friends are terrible at this, do not hire them to work at your damn game store. It is a kiss of death. 
it just it's terrible and it needs to stop. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, is if the I know we're supposed to be talking about what's good, but nonetheless, but it, say for example, like your argument is, well, they work for free. I'll tell you what, if they work for if you pay somebody say 10 bucks an hour to work at your game store and they are okay, I'm not even talking stellar customer service. I'm just saying okay and doesn't chase people away from their atti- with their attitude. They will make up their salary and then you will and 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 then some, right? If you are not paying somebody you may be saving maybe you're saving that 10 bucks an hour but you're also turning people like me off so then i am not buying you or buying from you so you're like going down just twice as fast absolutely the one of the cool things about the source i'm going to call them out again is that when i go there every time i've been there and uh my buddies lenny and Cthulhu and those cats can all uh, can all account for this the staff <laughs> i've never had them uh, not be friendly or knowledgeable if I asked them any question, hey, do you know when this was supposed to be out? I thought this uh, thing from White Wolf was due, or how come Steve Jackson hasn't redone this? I thought it was full supported. Hang on a second. I know something about this. Let me get Terry. Terry knows more than I do. Let me get this person. Hang on. Let me look something up and come right back. It goes back to my bookstore days in college. If I didn't know, I went, found an answer, came back, said, look, this is all I got right now. I can get you more. But... Hey, you know, uh, we just we don't have that in stock. I just don't get a lot of call for this particular game here. I've heard good things about it, but nobody here's played it. So, God, you know, I'd love to tell you more, but I just can't. Hey, if you do buy it, come back and tell me what it's like because I'd like the info. Getting that back and forth, <coughs> that really takes um, a game store from shit or average and just elevates it to good or great. Because once you have that interaction, and you're going to have to deal with customers that are a hell of a lot worse than Sean and I. You're going to have to deal with those people that are smarter than you, uglier than you, smellier than you, beautiful, more beautiful than you, whatever the case is, whatever your social hang-up is, you don't want to deal with this particular type of person. You're going to have kids come in. If you don't like children, this is a bad, bad business. <laughs> if you're going to open a gaming store and sell Magic and Pokemon and you don't like kids, what is wrong with your head? you got to like this stuff. you got to be willing to deal with 12-year-olds and 8-year-olds and parents coming in saying, Johnny or Mary really likes this Poke game or Pocket Monsters. What is this? He sent me here for Christmas, and I've got fifty dollars to spend. Treat that person like they're your own mother. Hopefully, you like your mom, but you know, treat these people nice. And again, when I've gone to the source and I've gone to other really good gaming stores, these guys treat me like I'm the most important person right there. They give me an answer. They point me in a direction. I go off. I start looking at stuff. If they catch me looking at something that they didn't talk to me about, they say, hey, do you want to see that up close? I can pull that out from behind the counter for you. Is there anything I can help you with? Just that check. You're not riding me. You're not in my face about it. You're not high-pressure car sales or furniture here. But you need to be able to acknowledge the fact that I'm in here. Especially if you've never seen me before. If you've really never seen me before, do I live next to you? You have no idea. Am I passing through? You have no idea. If I'm local and I came in your store the first time and you don't, interact with me in some way that's positive i am not coming back and you just lost all my money so customer service just you know make sure you've got it even if it's just acknowledging you don't have to be hard sell you know are you looking for anything can i find you anything hey we got this on sale you don't have to be high pressure sales just acknowledge people and be friendly and 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 offer any advice that you can another thing is is um inventory now which this is tough and i won't get into this because it's this really comes down to me being ignorant to not running a game store. And I know inventory is tough because you never know what's going to move or what's not going to move. Um, but I think if you're in touch with 
the market, you probably have a good idea, or if you're keeping track of the games and inventory that you've had and you can tie it all together, you'll probably know what to order and what not to order. But one of the things that I always, um, one thing that I have to say is that if I go into a store and I'm just passing by and I just happen to walk in there, there is a higher chance of me buying something, even if it's something that I didn't go in there to buy, if it's actually on the shelf. So if it's oh, not, absolutely. if it's not on the shelf, you have absolutely zero chance of selling me something that may interest me. Now, having said that, you know, I know that the RPG, in, especially specifically the RPG industry is crazy silly with the amount of stuff that's out there. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. So I understand that you gotta be, you kind of have to figure that out. Um, and I know that's a big challenge for game stores because you don't want to carry a butt ton of inventory that's never going to move because that's just dead weight cash out the door. My buddy uh, Chad, uh, one of the friends of the show, Chad uh, Chad Knight. He um hi he Chad. Owned, Chad owned a game store in my hometown for a while. Did he? Chad and his Chad and his buddy Adam, yeah. And um, one of the, Chad, Chad and I were talking about. It, he said, you know, it would suck because you'd want to have all this great inventory, so but overhead could kill you. And I said, so what did you do? He said, well, you know, the theory was that get games that seem to cross, hmm. right? So if you had Pathfinder stuff and a couple D&D things, and then you had Aces and Eights, or you had um, the Dark Heresy books, and a couple things that touched on the on a plethora of things, not like 16 deep, right? He was never up to his armpit in all of the uh, Games Workshop stuff, or he never had every book that Pathfinder made, Paizo, excuse me, that Paizo had for Pathfinder, but he had enough of them, a decent smattering of different types of things I could sort through and go, oh, wow, he's got this. That means he could get the other thing. It was never just core rule books. It was core rule books. There was a new splat book, if you will, like a new armor equipment guy, new ultimate something or other. Try to get at least one copy of that so that he could have it there. And again, um, even if he didn't have the latest of uh, whatever that splat book was, he had enough of a smattering of said things. So you could say, oh, these guys have this. I bet you they could get the other thing for me, too. And it also drove me to ask a question. Hey, Chad, do you happen to have this version? No, I don't have that one, but I got some coming. Because, again, Chad knew his freaking inventory, and he knew what he had ordered. Or he'd look it up and say, yeah, it's coming in two weeks. Do you want me to hold you a copy? Right? That was always what Chad was. Do you want me to order it for you? I can get it here in 10 days or whatever that <clears throat> excuse me, whatever that lead time was. So I get that it's a it's a balancing act because you've got it's liquid cash just sitting there. You know, you spent all this money, and you've got all this stuff sitting out there. And yeah, there's guys that only want to buy indie games that only want to buy this, that, and the other thing. You're trying to, you know, play your your market where you happen to be selling. But if you get a cross section of stuff, that to me makes a really good game store because I can go in there and see you got some decent sci-fi stuff that's newer. You got a couple of things that are old school, if you will. I see some games I may or may not have heard about, and I see some other stuff. Hey, I know that publisher. I know this publisher. Do you also carry this? No, I don't, but I can get it. Or no, I don't. Sorry, I don't get a lot of call for it. But it opens up a dialogue for me as opposed to seeing Pathfinder D&D and that's it. I'm like, okay, so they don't sell anything else. Well, you know, a smattering of things makes me think they can get more stuff. They're in tune with my hobby enough to know that people play more stuff than just Pathfinder. Yeah, and if you if you go so going back again to the customer service point is if you go into a if you are in the position where a person comes in, they're looking around, they don't, you ask them, they say, yep, just looking, and they're about to leave and they didn't buy anything. Chances are they have kind of a, a niche that they're looking at. 
I get, I guarantee when gamers go into a game store, they're looking for something. And if it's there, they may just peruse it, but they are looking for something specific, right? And they may not divulge it right away. But if you are able to get them to divulge that and you don't have it on the shelf, you can, you, then you can act upon it. Yes. Right. So I'm a yeah. Savage Worlds guy. If I go into a game store and they don't have Savage Worlds stuff, but that person goes, "Hey, I got a question for you." All sincerity. I know you're not you're not buying anything, and that's cool. But I'm just wondering: Are you looking for something specific, or just you know, what do you like, or do you are you satisfied with what we have on the shelf? Because I'm trying to get an idea of what the local folks are looking for when I stock my stuff. And I said, you know what? I'm not a huge Savage Worlds player because I'm not, but I have like three copies of the rule book and there's a few supplements that they have I think is cool. You know, at least then that person could say, great, do you, are, are, is, are you part of a group? Do you run? Do you play? Because if I then I'm, I'm a GM and I push it upon my group, then my group is more likely to buy whatever game I decide to play. Absolutely. And so then you could have, you know, three or four different sales from that. So it's a delicate approach. I get that. But if you can tune into who's playing what um, would be awesome. The other thing that goes with that, when you talk about you come in looking for stuff. Now, I like to buy lots of out of print stuff. I look through, if you've got used books, I, I tear through them because I want to see, roll out my collection. I want to round out some stuff. I'm looking for things I don't have that are out of print. One of the things that kills me. Because I go into a store and the shit isn't labeled. I don't know what it costs. I don't have a sign anywhere. I don't know anything. I pick up a book. It's an old school first ed. Deities and Demigods has the uh, Cthulhu and Malibane mythos in it. Uh, and I'm like, okay, um, this could be in its condition. I don't know anything from X to Y. I have a vague idea of what this costs. There's no fucking price tag on it. So I don't know what it's worth. Now I got to go ask you. And in that process, <laughs> my impulse buy to get a second copy of this is gone, right? If the information isn't right there, then I'm going to have an issue. Now, my good game stores have been to, whenever I went to, like, Chad's store, when Chad and Adam had theirs, I would go in and he'd have minis, like D&D, the D&D minis and stuff. And I would say, um, okay, I see these minis are looking good. Can I see this one? Yeah, you pick it up and flip it over, the freaking price is right on the bottom. Tag right on it. Or something outside of it or said, hey, all the dice in here are this much, and all this is this much. Everything was organized, and you could tell what everything cost. You go to the source, these minis are all priced. This is all priced. These books are this. This is that. There's no guessing. I don't have to ask you how much does this cost. You know, I'm interested in it because otherwise I won't ask you what it costs. And you just hit me with a $50 price tag, and I thought it was only 25 and I'm depressed, and I walk out the door without spending anything. When you do, if you keep things labeled, it's a, I know this sounds simple, but I've been in a lot of different game stores in different areas, and the shit's not labeled. I'm like, really? There's a store in my uh, in my hometown, Nellis, that's still there, and that kind of baffles me that um, that they're still alive sometimes. But anyway, the I went in, they had this bin of minis, and I'm like, okay, these look like just kind of the, what do what these run? Oh, I don't know. I have to look them up. So I pulled out. I went, okay, well, I'll figure this out. I pulled out 10 of them, that I'm like, how much do these cost? Well, he goes to the computer, looks him up. Basically, a little fucker just went and checked out eBay to see what the prices were and came back and said, these are $5 and this is a quarter. And this, I'm like, really? There's no stickers on any, of these, on any of these things? How the hell am I supposed to budget? How the hell am I supposed to figure this out? Your good game store, it's a really simple thing, but label your goddamn stuff. Let me be able to tell at a glance how much something costs 
You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Clean store. Yes, clean. Labeled and clean. You know what? It better not smell like cat piss. I've been in those too. If it smells you, like cat piss, I'm leaving. If you've got staff, you know, I've worked in restaurant and I've worked in retail, and if you've got staff sitting around, you're not doing things right because they could be really freaking busy and you're paying them. At least I hope you're paying paying them a fair wage. I really do. Um, but they could be vac, you know, obviously vacuuming could be disturbing if you're, if there's role playing games going on or just gaming in general. But I mean, after you close, have them vacuum the store. If you've got carpeting, if you've got signs, I don't know, don't make them in Microsoft word, you know, 48 point font, you know, talking about whatever, and then sticking it up with tape in the corners of that, get document holders that you can go to office depot and buy for like seven bucks a piece that are plastic that sit on your counter, or you can hang using magnets or whatever, however you do it and slide the document in there and use, I don't know, do something nice. So if you're doing like Pathfinder games, Paizo has a media kit that you can download for free that has their logos and some of the images of the characters that you can use without getting in trouble or for being sued. And, you know, just put some effort into it. I I know graphic artists are probably not an option for game stores. I get that. But, you know, just empty your freaking garbage. Empty the recycle bins. I've been in the game stores and those suckers are overflowing with crap because they had the Magic the Gathering tournament over the weekend and had like 100 people in the store. You know, and they come in there and eat and drink and they've got soda machines that they buy soda from. That's great. That's cool. Put a swift kick in your ass, in your staff's ass, and have them empty those freaking bins. Well, just organized, right? If you go through and half my White Wolf books are stuck in with my Paizo books or stuck in with my you know, uh, Chaosium books. What really organized stuff. If I'm go look, if I come in looking for Savage Worlds and fate and it's all intermixed with every other RPG book you have, I'm done. I'm not here on a fucking treasure hunt, right? I'm looking for this particular thing and they ought to be together. I work bookstores. It's one of the biggest things we had to do. You owned X number of rows of books or, or this department or this, the section of nonfiction or fiction, clean the damn thing up, organize them, Set the books out, get some face outs, make sure people understand, you know, it's a presentation, but it's got to be organized, but it's not organized. And a game store, generally speaking, is not that goddamn big. It usually doesn't have a huge amount of inventory. It's not that hard, right? We both, we were just talking about this the, the other day. We both going into the game store. It smells like garbage. Everything's dusty as hell. Um, yeah, it's and, just, and it dust. just has a raw funk to it. Yeah. It just got a nasty funk. And I'm like, okay, I, I I get the whole, ha-ha, gamers don't bathe, ha-ha, okay, whatever. I mean, the, the joke is old. The fact is, though, it's a store. You should be able to air it out, dust it, clean your stuff. It's not that hard to do, right? This shit, is not, this shit is not rocket science. What, no, we're, not. what we're talking about is not rocket science. Market research, all that other crap, maybe you can get into analytics and stuff. But the stuff we're talking about is just like no-brainer. And, okay, so, Brett, we, I got to take a time out here for a second. If you're a game store and you're doing this stuff, then you can like just stop and not even listen to the rest of this podcast, really. Because if you're doing it, then great, really, truly. And if you've got a local game store that is doing this and you're like, wow, that's great, awesome. But just keep in mind, there are ones out there that do not do this and are clueless to actually making a lot of this stuff happen. So again, remember... It's coming from the heart because we want you to survive. And if you're making these mistakes, it, oh, 
it's, it drives customers like Brett and I crazy, and we have money to give you. Absolutely. I was So let's go back to Game One Con for a second. I'm talking to some of the dudes you introduced me to. One of the guys is talking to me about this local game store, and they have a place to play. Great. they got tables you can rent, right? You have to pay to rent their tables. It's not just open gaming. you got to pay for a spot. I'm like, okay, money-making thing. He's like, five, ten bucks a table, <clears throat> whatever. Okay, that's not a big deal. I'm thinking, you know, if I had me and five players, we throw in a buck, done. This isn't a big deal. So apparently, this game store owner had this guy coming in. He's renting the table. He's paying for this table constantly. His group comes in, they buy soda, they buy their snacks, and they game there, they game there, they game there. And the owner kicked the DM out. He kicked him out of the store and said, you're banned. You can't come back here because you're not buying enough product from me. Are you fucking kidding me? You're selling a service, which is the table. Well, right, right. He's if, renting the table. If they He's renting the table. If they weren't renting the table, then I might be able to see so, that, right? Exactly, right. exactly. And that's what that's what uh, your, your buddy and I were chatting through. And I'm like, okay, wait. He's renting the table. He's paying for the service. He goes, yeah. And he bought all the snacks there. Other guys came in there, bought stuff. You know, he as the game master just happened to have everything he needed to run the games. He didn't need to buy anything new. And the guy booted this dude. I don't know. I don't know what his problem was, but I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And he's like, oh, that you think that's bad? And he had like five, six stories about this jackass going online and begging people, oh, they're going to shut me down if I don't install sprinklers. Any people come and spend a lot of money. And I'm like, whoa, are you renting the building? Then your landlord has to deal with the sprinkler. Well, what's this going on? There's these weird, nefarious kind of, I need money because of this, or my wife left me. I need money for that. It's just this goofy, goofy, but you know, Again, he, I just can't get over this. You're renting a table. That's a service you offer. You tell people what it is. There's no contract that says, oh, and you must buy all your shit from me. So he rents said table. He's got a group that shows up. They're buying stuff there. They're hanging out. They're doing the thing. And then he boots them out because he's not buying enough stuff. What? I couldn't believe it. He's like, yeah, this happens all the time. He actually, I think, got kicked out of the store for a similar thing where he wasn't buying enough stuff. <laughs> what? Half of these stores is you, you kind of you go in, you go out, you go in, you go out, and you never know, right? It's like a jewelry store. Sometimes people go, and it's not exactly like a jewelry store, but similar method here, right? Sometimes people go in and shop, and they're working up nerve to buy that $10,000 thing. They're trying to figure out, do they really have it? Do I really want it? I'm going to look at it one more time, this, that, the other thing. You can't expect every time I walk in there, if I don't dump 20 to 50 bucks, you're mad at me? I, 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 could, I just could not believe that story, and I, I absolutely believe it's true because I've encountered similar types of things. Talking to other owners and other people, well, the people are just abusing this, and they're not spending enough money. They always show up. The damn kids always come in. They don't buy any goddamn things except for dice every once in a while. I'm like, so what? You know, I couldn't. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I had to throw that one out there. I, just, I couldn't believe it. You have a service. People are actually, and you're making a little bit of ching off that, right? Hey, that's kind of cool and the interesting marketing idea rent the table out. I get it. It's space. And then you're pissed off with the dude because, hey, Sean, you're not spending enough money here for your gaming supplies, so you, you better take your game elsewhere. What? So it's easy to go into um, what makes a bad game store because I think we touched on that counterpoint in what makes a good game store. But yes, let's – so some advice from two guys that are completely full of bullshit – 
because the but com- we spend it. We spend an obscene but, amount of our income. But on we gaming. spend money, and this is what we'd like to see. If we were to talk to a game store, I mean, you know, it's funny. I wonder how many game stores is like. Hey, can you? I, I just want to pick your brain as a customer sometime. You know, maybe customer surveys. But game stores are unique because you usually have a rapport with one or two people, and usually you'll have some fanboys that you can kind of talk to, which is unfortunate. Well. The good thing is they're fanboys and they'll they'll say how great you are, but at the same time, you know it's biased, right? So you kind of yeah, you don't get you don't get that critical the, uh, what do I say? The important critical thought, right? It's not like you suck because you don't have enough uh, trailer Cthulhu here, asshole. This is you know what? I really don't like the fact that you're really focusing so heavy on these Pokemon tournaments. I just can't seem to find my RPG stuff, man. It, dude, Sean, if you don't get something in here, I'm gonna have to go back to Amazon. I don't want to do that, but. You just don't carry anything, right? You know, you, you don't. If you don't get that feedback or listen it yourself, you're gonna have a harder time figuring it out. So, one of the things that I I would say as a, a piece of advice for game store owners is one: if you have so loyalty programs, we haven't touched on, and I know that uh, I think I know of at least three game stores that have, in one form or another, mentioned loyalty programs. I actually have. I think I have two loyalty cards and one that I had, and I don't know if I still have because I don't know if they still have the program in place. So loyalty programs. Here's what they do, folks. For This is an exchange, right? This is not a, I just want to have one so I can give my customers a benefit. Yes, that's true. But there's actually something in it for you, believe it or not. So it's quid pro quo. What happens is I say, hey, would you like Brett to sign up for our loyalty program? And Brett goes, what does that do? Well, you give us your name and your email address. And then if you spend so much, you earn points and you can apply those points to your next purchase or whatever. And you accumulate them. Those are the ones I've seen the most. Or, you know, you get X percent as long as you're this member. And, you know, maybe and there's no cost typically associated with these loyalty programs. And they give you a card. And every time you come in, they scan your card and you gain points. And then every time you purchase something, they say, hey, you have so many points. At these points, you can apply $10 off or 10% off or whatever they set, right? So then you rack them up and then you get some incentive. So the incentive behind a loyalty program is they want to always come back to you because they are loyal because they want to gain points. And if they don't buy all their stuff from you, it kind of fragments that or sets them back in that program, right? So that's the gist of it. We all know it. It's not rocket science again. I think it. I think it makes a good game store though to have some sort of a loyalty program sure. or some sort of a discount program, even if you just broaden it to the discount perspective. So, so let's have let's, sure. Yeah. So let's take it back to uh, to Game Hole one more time. In that there were a couple different game shops there selling different things. <clears throat> one of them, I'm Board, which is a Madison shop. Um, the reason I bought my five E books from I'm Board is because they had a discount on the Monster Manual. There was another shop right across from them that had a discount on all their board games. Everything was 10% off their already discounted price. Now, granted, that's a con, and I get it that at a con, sometimes you got discounts and you, you, you dig a little bit deeper, give away, if you will, a little bit more. You cut your own percentage just because it's a con you want to make up in volume. I get it. But there were a couple other places there that had no discounts. Everything was absolutely MSRP. I could have bought the same thing off of Amazon for cheaper or same price anywhere, any other time. If I come into your store... And I'm going to drop 
a hundred bucks on D on the brand new D and D books or one fifty or or whatever I'm buying, it behooves you to push that loyalty card on them to say, hey, you know what, I can give you a certain discount because you bought all three today. Now I'm not, you know, I I don't know the books and I get it, but there's something to be said for when you get that alpha gamer who comes in and throws a hundo on the table and you say, you know what, that's a hundred dollars is mine. Um, I could give him 10% off and I'm still going to get most of that hundred dollars. Okay. I could just give him 10% off this thing or throw in something to help get that person's goodwill. And it doesn't always have to be the complete discount program or the complete loyalty program, but something that you can do uh, to help that person out. Dude, I'm right? not I'm not even talking about a discount. Like I'm taking okay, so take the discount piece of it away. What I'm talking about is they give you their info. Okay, so then I know I know. Hey, Sean plays Dungeon Crow Classic, Savage Worlds, and Five E. Hey, guess what, Sean? Email. I just happen to got happen to got happen to get in the latest Savage Worlds book or the latest Five E book. Just so you know. Oh, and you have twenty points, which equals ten percent off if you're interested. Yeah, the points to the store should. I mean, they should matter to the point of you're not giving anything away for free. But Fair. really, really, that is not your angle. Your angle is knowing more about the the purchasing power of your customers and what they're actually buying. So not only that, but then you use the information that they've given you to market to them. So it's not, hey, here's a loyalty card, and oh, by the way, if you use it a lot, you get a discount. If people are using it that way, that's okay, but you, as a game store owner, you are missing out on so much more. So for example, you use targeted email marketing is you get their email and as you track the purchases that they have on their loyalty card and there's a new release coming out for a specific line that they have bought over and over or even just once and you have their email what you do is you segment that email out and then when you get that new release that's coming up you send it out to all those people and then what you're hoping to do is convert those people to come in and buy the new release yes like you got to use the loyalty program to the best of your ability and it's not just a discount. It comes that's the incentive to the customer, but the incentive to you as the business owner is much much more than that. And if you're not It's, a, it's your own homegrown analytics, right? It's your home own point of sale analytical data about what does Sean and Brett buy? What does Lenny buy? What does Mo buy? Hey, Mike Althauser buys this stuff. I bet he's a 40K guy. I bet he's going to be happy because he likes orcs, so he's going to be into this thing. I should probably send him some kind of information. Or when I see him walk in the store, say, hey, Sean, come here a second. I think you'll like this. No pressure, but, hey, I think you're going to like this. Yeah. It's <laughs> We said this before. It's work. It is a business, and it's freaking work. If you want it to go well, if you want to do well, you have to put work into it. You're not going to be able to sit back, word of mouth, get out there and get people to show up because I'm local and everyone should support your friendly local gaming store. Bullshit. It is a business. You must treat it as such. It's going to take work to mine that data, get it back, and send stuff out. Yeah, somebody's going to piss and moan that you sent them an email they didn't ask for. Fine. Yank them off the list immediately when they unsubscribe. It's not that hard. Well, even if you... Even if you don't offer, or even if you don't like do the targeted marketing, 
and like mine your customers' data as far as like what they're buying, you know, just sending out email communication once every two weeks or once a month on what you're doing in the store and what new products are coming out because you've already got their email address. That is, that is what they are paying you to get the discount. The other thing that goes into that as well is your website had better be up to date. Oh God. If you have a website, Don't get me if you haven't, I'm gonna, if you have a website and it hasn't been updated since you first opened the damn doors, you're failing your customer. You're failing at your business. People go there. I want to type in Brett and Sean's amazing and it shows up and it talks about the grand opening from 19, whatever, or the grand opening from 2013. And Hey, we got a sale. You look, uh, nothing recent. Are these guys still around? What's going on? It's gotta be up to date. If you're changing your hours for Christmas, if you just got new stuff in, if I emailed Sean and Brett and Lenny and all these other folks and said, Hey, I got this stuff. I hope Wayne really wants this piece of star Wars stuff that just came in. And then I don't put the same damn thing on my website. Nobody else is checking it out. When Wayne Humphrey looks at my Sean and Brett's amazing game store and he wants to say, hey, you guys should check this out. My gaming group, do they have a website? Of course they do. It's Sean and Brett's amazing game store.com and that site has got to be updated because if it is not updated, you are failing. In addition to that, if you know how to use social media, it's a no-brainer. A lot of the channels are free. And what and here's kind of the kicker with game gaming community and gaming stores is you know, we have rabid fans and we really are a close knit community, right? I mean, Apple, Harley Davidson kinda get that. Um, and there are people that hang around with other people just because they have a common bond of something. And with us it's gaming and role playing games typically. Um and the thing is with social media is it also is about community or social, right? Social, even though gamers are, are kind of put in a corner and said they're not really social, that's, come, I think, kind of bullshit. The thing is, is that if you can, and really they're communication channels, if you really want to boil it down to anything, it's just another matter of a manner of communicating with each other. So Facebook, Twitter, Google+, I'll give you, let me give you a real-world example. Uh, my buddy's Vanguard Games. Vanguard Games are in Reedsburg. They're about an hour from my place. When I go there, <laughs> they said, hey, where are you guys from? Well, I'm from Richland. Oh, that's really cool. I know where that is. Hey, what do you do? Well, I'm kind of buying ogres right now. I was in war, my Warhammer phase. Oh, I got ogres. You like paints? Hey, have you tried these brushes? These are great. They're kind of pricey, but if you don't like those, I got these other things. Great, super friendly, awesome people. Tiny shop, great selection. The husband-wife combo that run this thing, they know every fucking thing about what's going on in their shop, man. It's great. The other thing they do, I follow them on Facebook. Boom. Hey, guys, we're really sorry, but the weather hit and we can't get to the store this winter. We're going to have to shut down today. I'm sorry we're not going to be able to open. Hey, we have to close early today because so-and-so went to the hospital. We really apologize. And then my immediate, oh, man, I hope so-and-so's okay. You have an interaction with me. It, hey, I just got this really cool new thing. When the Space Hulk board game, when they got a copy of it, it's like 150 bucks, and I want it so bad. And they posted it. I'm like, oh, my God, I really want this. What does it cost? Hey, 150 You want me to hold one for you? Right there on Facebook. Boom. Immediate feedback. They're sending me stuff. They're telling me things. 
and I see what they're up to. Whenever they change their hours, hey, extended hours for this. We're shutting down early because of, like I said, the hospital thing. Or we're changing our, we're giving a discount for a short period of time. Hey, we got a new Magic tournament. We got a new 40K tournament. All this shit is on their Facebook page. Again, like Sean said, seems brain dead simple. But I don't see this from other places all the time. They're on it and they're active. They spend time and it is work. They spend the work time making sure that all their channels have the same data all the time. And therefore, I go to the website, go to the Facebook page, I check them on Twitter, whatever the case is, it's the same damn message. So no matter how you choose to follow these folks, you get what they're doing and you're on board with it. So we're right about the hour mark. And so I know there was a couple other points that we wanted to touch on, but I'm, I'm proud of you, Sean. You told you did not lose your shit. I was worried. I was worried. I saw you. I saw you twitch a few here on the vid, but not bad. You you were in good control, so I'm proud of you. If I'm you, proud of you, man. If you own a game store and you're really wanting some very candid feedback and some pointers and tips, contact me. Send an email to gamingandbs at gmail and say, Sean, I heard your podcast, and you know what? I'd like to have your feedback about my store and how I'm doing stuff, and I will provide it free o charge. I will tell you, like, your email sucks. You're not doing that. You need to do it. If you're not on social media, this is how you use it, you know, and this is how you manage it very easily and quickly and effectively and efficiently. Like, you don't have to have three different things going. You can get one, you know, get TweetDeck or Hootsuite, and you can manage all three channels at once. You post, you post to one place, and it goes to three other places. So, call me. I will help you. But anyways, other challenges, and this is why we bring it up. We know that you're facing challenges in today's marketplace. And three of them are PDFs, which really may hit your bottom line if people are buying them online through DriveThruRPG. Publishers are selling direct um, or or potentially selling direct, right? Right. I don't have to go straight to your game store anymore. I may just, they may cut out you as a middleman. Uh, middle person, middle woman, and just, you know, I could go to, you know, what happens when Fantasy Flight Games start selling their stuff and I just go straight to them and they drop ship it to my house. I don't need to go to a game store and they make more money because they have a bigger margin now. Kickstarter is another one, right? There's some folks that are releasing Kickstarters and some of them are game companies and they may or may not you know, hey, you buy it on Kickstarter. I know it's an investment supposed to be kind of arrangement, but you know, the, some companies and RPGs have taken it to, hey, you invest in this or you back it at this level and you're going to get X free copy of this and Y copy of that. And game stores may be able to get in that, some may not. And then if the Kickstarter's over, you know, they may not mass produce it and distribute it through the channels to the game store. Um, I think one of the pieces, I mean, that ties in with this is, and I'm big on this, is you have to have events. When I said Vanguard Games has 40K tournaments, um, I, I know other places have tournaments for different things, magic tournaments, whatever it happens to be. If you can get that type of thing happening, get people in the store where they're there having fun, I will give you money now, right? That's an opportunity to sell, get that soda machine so I can, so you're selling me soda for a buck a pop so I don't have to. Uh, go next door to get it or, or, you know, have a pizza maker there, whatever it is you're doing. But when you have an event there that takes it so that way when I bought that thing from Kickstarter and I'm also a loyal member of Sean and Brett's amazing game store, I go, hey, can I run this here? I think it'd be really fun. I just got this thing. 
Sure, come on down. Are you open on Saturday? You want to promote it? Should I put it on my website? Do you want me to tell somebody on Facebook that I'm doing this? How many slots you got open? If you make it an event thing, you make it so that you're working with people to help them find gamers, working with people to help them have fun in their hobby. And I think we've all been there at some point, especially those of us who are adults and have moved away from our high school gaming buddies. At some point, you've got to make new gaming friends. And this is a really good way to help people make those connections in person where they can do this stuff. And the events, I think, to me anyway, help to separate kind of the average or the bad game store from the really good ones or even just the flat good ones because they're doing something that's active. I can show up there, do stuff, and when I'm playing with Sean, I go, that game was fun. I really like that. You had me playing The Duke, which is a cool-ass looking board game I've seen Mo play on, on Google+. I turn over, look at the guy behind the counter. Do you happen to have a copy? Why, yes, I do, Brad. It's right here. No, I don't, but I will get it for you and so you can take a look at it. Whatever that is, whatever that exchange is, you can't have that exchange if I'm not there at an event. Publicize the event. Do these things, and I'm going to show up. So if you have a favorite local game store and they're doing something that really appeals to you, drop us a line on Twitter or Facebook um, or email gamingandbs at gmail.com or at gamingandbs on Twitter or facebook.com forward slash gamingandbs. Let us know. Uh, we'll give a shout out and give recognition where it's due. So if you got a great game store, let us know. I travel to different towns and cities, and if I'm in the neighborhood and there's a game store, I'll stop in there and take a look what they have and um, – Give them some FaceTime just personally, and if they happen to have something I need to buy, and my know the store that I live next to doesn't have it, you never know when I when I'd buy it. I went I went to Door County one time, which is like a four hour five hour drive from where I live, and on the way back I stopped in Appleton and I went to two game stores, and one of them had a really huge inventory, and I was like, I don't see this RPG very often. I'm just gonna buy it because it's here and in stock. So I mean. Not that the other one was bad, but my so what I'm getting at is if you got a good game store, let us know who it is. We'll give a shout out and tell people to shop there if they're in the local neighborhood or traveling. But it's I mean I I love shopping at game stores, man. Sean and I have talked about next year motorcycle trip just to different game stores because yeah. it's fun to go in there and just see what's happening. Um, I, I've talked to different people like, hey, you realize I think it was in Denver the one gentleman I talked to. I think Sean Preston from Reality Blurs. He's talking about the Denver area where they have a huge Savage Worlds community. He said, it's just big there. He said, for whatever reason, it's just gigantic. People are savages all over the place over there. And I don't freaking live in Denver. I don't know this. It's a cool thing when you find that stuff out. You know, you travel to Door County, you stop in the shop, you go up to the Twin Cities, hit the Source, or to Reedsburg, you find Vanguard Games, you find out what's going on in those places. It's cool. You get great exposure to different things. So I'm with Sean. If you got a good game store, throw it out there. I don't even care if it's outside of Wisconsin. I'm, I might uh, be more than happy to make a trip to it because, man, I, I love game stores. A good game store, that's a destination for me. I will take the day, drive there, hang out, and dump more money than my wife wants me to and come back with really, really cool shit. All right, so let's get into Die Roll. Die Roll, where we talk about 2D5 points of interest of ours, typically – um, of anything, but hopefully something about gaming that you guys could take back and apply and look up and uh, of interest to you yourself. Brett is hit it high, heavy this week, so I'm going to go first because you've got more points than I do. Awesome. 
So I, uh, Stan Shin, who I hope, I, you know, I've actually contemplating, um, st- you know, having Stan on the show. Stan, if you, if you, uh, have not connected to him, I know he's big on Google Plus, but he's this guy who just, he comes up with a lot of good, interesting ideas on, um, he'll have like, this is my GM kit and he'll lay it all out and what is all there and he'll have like this cool case and, so this is what I so he has a lot of tips and tricks that he does and he shares with the community and recently I saw that he has a 5e rules summary that comes in both landscape and portrait and usually Stan will um, do it all himself and then he'll just release it for free like hey I did this and check it out so we'll have a, a link in the show notes so if you're playing 5e and you want a rule summary Stan did a really good job there check it out um, secondly Fantasy Flight merged with uh, Asmodee Asmodi, Asmodi Group. Um, I'm not familiar with Asmodi, but they're a big distribu- uh, distributor of games. Um, and then Fantasy Flight is obviously a big producer of um, role-playing games and some board- really awesome board games too. Um, and there is a press release at the Fantasy Flight website where they've merged. And now, you know, I know there's some. It's made big news. Um, it may not affect anything. It, to me, my interpretation is it may get Fantasy Flight Games products uh, a better distribution channel outside of the U.S., which would be huge for them. So, it's well, as, as Modi is basically as Modi is basically the big distributor and publisher in in Europe, right? Right, United States and China. So they've got they have a more of a global approach, I think, to some of the different things. Fantasy Flight, quite frankly, I don't think I've ever played a bad Fantasy Flight board game. If nothing else, the production quality of their stuff is second to none. It's just I've never seen one that was not just super well made, great card stock, the the, the pieces, the chits, the dice, the minis, all great stuff. So this is this is kind of exciting. I like this. This is cool. Yeah. So let's hope that that relationship works out for the best. And sometimes with those mergers, one person may not get the other person's, or that one org may not understand the other orgs way of doing things, but I think that's a pretty good, you know, I'm with Hasbro be, being the king of board games. Um, and they, I mean, they bought like, I think they bought Milton Bradley and Parker brothers, right? It's, mm-hmm. I mean, they are huge and I'm surprised that they're not gobbling up any board game. Anybody that makes a board game, they buy, but they haven't, but who knows how long that'll last. Cool. There was actually a rumor a while back. I have no, um, no basis for this other than the fact that it was rumor that Fantasy Flight was looking to buy um, uh, the Warhammer stuff. Oh, really? Off of those, off of those guys. I have no, I like, I have no the total rumor. Total rumor. I have nothing to back that up. But um, I, I, that type of thing seems that, that I, I wouldn't put that out the realm of possibility. Well, but G-Dub, that's just that's yeah. just that's just my conspiratorial brain. I'll turn it anyway. over to you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Mr. Man. Okay, so uh, my first one, this will be quick, is last time I was in Upper Michigan, I told you guys all about how I saw a pack of eight wolves that came by. You were the wolf pack of one, yes. The the wolf pack of one. So my son Connor, we've been hunting up there for four years, I've been bringing him up with me. And every trip he goes, I hope we see a bear. I'm like, Connor, we're not going to see any bears. It's late in the season. There's going to be snow on the ground. Chances are no. Bears don't like people. Not going to happen. First day, opening day, Saturday morning, I'm like, holy shit, that's a fresh bear track. Connor, come over here. Look at this. Bear tracks. Neat. Cool. Monday, the damn bear runs out in front of us about 30 yards. I'm like, holy crap, Connor, there's a black bear. It was small. It was really cool. Um, the other piece to go with that, just to turn the, the gaming twist on this, is the snow to, The snow up there, as I was saying at the very beginning of this whole thing, was really deep. And I don't carry a ton of gear, because I still hunt and I stalk and I track and stuff. 
but it is really, really exhausting. So if you want to get a concept of what it would be like to wander through your character just to go through the snow with full plate armor and so on and so forth, bundle yourself up like Ralphie, or excuse me, Ralphie's little brother, Randy, and go walk out in your backyard in the snow sometime if you're in a snowy state and just see how that feels. And then think about doing that and fighting orcs at the same time. Because this is the shit that runs through my brain when I'm slogging through a cedar swamp. I'm like, really? How, how would I How would I fight orcs while I'm doing this? This is crazy. So Ralphie, so people that get the reference, is from the movie A Christmas Story. A Christmas Story. Which takes yes. place in like the 60s, early 70s, and kind of goes through a, a child's... Um, a ch- it's a point of view is Christmas. Yes, thank you. It's fun. Yeah, by all, all means, right. check it out. So the other one, um, I get to get one more, uh, get to have, excuse me, one last gaming session with my group uh, this year. December is usually touch and go. November is usually out because I'm, I'm out hunting. And with the holidays, you know, we got Thanksgiving coming up next week. So hope for everybody in the U.S. to have a happy Thanksgiving. But I'm hoping, always against hope, that I can get one last game session in before the end of the year. And well, lo and behold, the 13th of December, I've got a quorum. I've got enough guys and women who can show up. So we're going to game one last time. So that's pretty freaking cool. I'm all jacked up about that. The last one is just a Kickstarter uh, poke here. Ken Height, he did uh, the. He's doing the Dracula dossier for Night's Block Agents. Uh, we got the Kickstarter. <laughs> excuse me. Link we'll have in the show notes. It's really cool. Um, I'm not a huge Kickstarter backer. I've been. I've only done a couple, and I. I feel like I've been bit both times, so I'm kind of sketchy about it. That one that bit. But, that one that bit you got another one up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the thing that sucks about that one is I'm like, I kind of want it. I'm like, oh, stop, stop, stop. But anyway, this one looks really cool. It's a um, check it out. It's all if you're into hunting and killing vampires instead of being the vampire. Nice black agents is is just cool. It's it's really neat. It's Jason Bourne versus Dracula, and in this case, there's actually a Dracula. So it looks pretty cool. Um, it looks like they're just rocking and rolling as I figured they would. Ken Height does great stuff, and Pelgrane Press puts together some awesome productions. They do great work. So if you're into that, and for some strange reason you haven't heard of that Kickstarter yet, check it out. It's pretty freaking cool. And, uh, dude, that's it for me. I think we've gone on long enough. I'm really, i got to say, Sean, one last time, I'm very proud of you, dude. You kept your cool. Good job. It took a lot of, I didn't, I, first of all, I haven't had as many beers as I do at a con that gets me pumped up because yeah. And then those guys push my buttons and of course then it's, yeah, I <laughs> it, was, it was fun. Colin going, Hey Brett, watch this. Poke, poke, poke. Those dickheads. <laughs> all right, guys. So from gaming NBS, happy Thanksgiving. If you're in the U S If you're not in the U.S. and you have a holiday, well, happy holiday to you. (laughs) So friendly, Sean. (laughs) See, this is now he's grumpy. I poked him. Now he's grumpy. This is another episode of Gaming NBS. I am one of your coolest co-hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. I'm the cooler one of the two. Thanks, guys. Have a good night and good gaming. Have a good night.